Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another Nerds Order music interview. Today, we are here with Jake from Red Brick Road. What is up, my guy? What's up? Uh, not a lot. Been playing a lot of shows lately. We put out the record that you uh, you listened to. I'm excited to talk about that. But other than that, yeah, we've mostly just been out there with the feet to the pavement again and loading shit in the van and just hitting the road and hitting local and whatever we can right now, trying to get back into the gigging scene. Nice. Where did your music project begin for this? Like, where did Red Brick Road start? Mm. Well, so originally it, it started with my brother on drums. We're going through a, um, a change with him right now. I'm not sure he's going to stay being like our live drummer. I don't know. We're trying to figure that out. But me and him started together when we were really young. And then, um, like, we played together like 20 years. He went to college. I was in other bands and stuff. And, like, after after my other band, I, like, kind of, like, gave up music for a little bit. Not gave up making music, but gave up, like, going out and trying type thing. And uh, I just started writing all these songs for, like, a untitled project. And I was going to do it acoustic, actually. And then uh, my brother came home from college, and I was like, yo, like, you want to join this band that I haven't named yet, and it's just me? And he's like, yeah, of course. And then, uh, like, a few months later, we met Chris, our lead guitarist and my co-front man. And, uh, yeah, and then the rest is history, so. Nice. What was it like getting a, getting a vinyl pressing? How did that feel when you first got the news about that? <laughs> it was a lot of work. It was a lot of negotiating and stuff like that, but it felt amazing because this is the only freaking album any of my bands ever have. Well, for one, it's a two-parter because this is the first band I've ever recorded a full-length album with, number one. So right there was like enough. And then once we got the word about we had to go ahead to make the vinyl, it was like, holy crap, like this is like about like as real as a record can get, right? Yeah. <laughs> like if the whole internet shut down and no one had technology anymore, and CD players didn't work, like, the vinyl will still, you know, still be around. That's it. That's why I always collect physical copies for that one reason. What if the internet craps out? That's why I prefer physical over anything else. Oh, yeah. Well, and, you know, the sound of vinyl just has its own thing, too. So it's like that part of it is just is just amazing, you know? Oh, definitely. Especially with a diamond tip needle, amazing sound quality. Mm-hmm. You can never go wrong with diamond tip. Yeah, you know, I, I know a lot about those, and I know about the ones um, Audio-Technica makes, too, but I just keep getting the cheap ones because I got a cheap player right now. I have a good stereo with a cheap player, so. Yeah, I mean, hey, if it works, it works, you know. Well, yeah, and the, the thing is, is so when you got gasoline and guitar strings to buy, <laughs> you know, it's like a... Yeah. All right, well, let's get into this album. Yeah, okay. What inspired the name of the album? Ah, um, so Work of Heart, originally the name of the album was One with the Monkey, and um, like I kept thinking about when we got done recording the album, and like I'm very uh, visual, visual about things too, like I like bands with looks to them, I like albums that have themes and looks to them, and I just like kept thinking to myself like we need to make this like a work of art you know like thinking about like the packaging and the pictures and everything it needs to be a work of art it needs to be a work of art kept saying that to myself and then I just like at one day I don't know I was just thinking about like how much like passion 
and like everything else and like how much like I spill like my personal life and my feelings on it and so does Chris and some of his songs and it's just like to me I was like work a heart like it's not you know so yeah so I kind of like drew up like a mock album cover and went to the guys and I was like hey I think this is what we should call the album and excuse me and instantly they were both like yep yep that's it like done we're done going through names now you know nice let's go through uh track by track what like what's was the meaning of bobby joe oh man okay um bobby joe was the first song we wrote musically at least i had the lyrics together as a band that was why it was our first single because it was something everyone felt like they put effort forth some of the other songs were done but they were either already written by me or like chris had one at the time rule the world he had already written that so like when we all wrote bobby joe together and the only thing that existed really was the lyrics we felt good about it because it was our first song as the band but that song came from um it, it comes from like a standing point about like violence in america and injustice and uh not just violence, but senseless violence. Like I, I live in a pretty uh, metro city area. I'm about like 16 miles north of Detroit. So I'm in a better area, but uh, we're, we're, it's not like city city here, but it's pretty metro area and there's break-ins. People have broken to my car before and stuff like that, you know? And uh, I don't know, one day I was just like thinking about like how something could escalate if, if like someone had broken into my house and I reacted with a temper and stuff. And then I kind of just like turned it into like this notion about like wanting like other people to like understand how violent scenarios can happen, but like how bad they can be and stuff like that. So like on the chorus, like, because I've had to answer not the same question, but people have asked me this, like I say on the chorus, you know, put your bullets away. And a lot of people think I'm anti-gun. I'm really not anti-gun. I grew up in a small town I think hunting and all that's really good, but I'm just more like anti-violence. Like if you can kick someone's ass, do that instead of shooting them, you know? Yeah. So then that song also, I just kind of wanted to talk about like the ever-present racist and corrupt justice system because this kid who I wrote the song, everyone, every character in it, I want to remain race-free. Like I don't want, like they're like Simpsons, they're like yellow people or whatever. Like, cause I don't want the song to like, have any racial underlying to it because I think all people can relate to it but like the justice system thing like Bobby Joe kills the kid and he only gets 10 years because it was heat of the moment and it wasn't premeditated and like I just like you know I wanted to bring that into it too that like that like the justice system's corrupt we have a very violent country we live in you know just kind of like love your brother type stuff is what I wanted to wanted to say with that there's other way to solve things other than violence I, I love that and it's so true like, the system here is so corrupt, hence why I just avoid it at all costs. Like, I just do my own thing without even bothering with it. I've just become disgusted with how it's run. Right. Oh, yeah, me too. I mean, like, people are, like, every election time, people want to talk politics, and I'm like, like, freaking, like, don't make me choose between freaking broccoli and Brussels sprouts, because I just won't eat, <laughs> you know? It's like... In, in my house, when people say politics, these go on my head. I just don't care enough. Oh, yeah, me too. Me too. I mean, I'm not really like a full-blown anarchist, but if I had to pick a political party, I'd probably be an anarchist because I just, I don't like Trump and I don't like Biden. Like, I don't like either of them. So if I don't like either of them, why the hell do I have to pick one of the two? Honestly, it's just like lesser of two evils at that point. Because you don't, like, because either way, no matter who gets in there, it's it's screwed either way. 
Right. But I like, I, yeah, exactly. And I just, I mean, I don't even play that lesser of two evils crap. I just say everyone else figured it out. I got other shit to worry Honestly. about. Honestly. I'm yeah. like, you guys do your thing. I'm going to just do mine. That's essentially how I am. A- absolutely. And it's like, then when you get into the electoral college and all this other stuff and it, like the way I see it too, is with the Senate and the Congress, like they're the ones really running crap. The president's just the one that takes all the heat for it. Mm-hmm. So we spend all this this whole year arguing with our peers and stuff about, oh, who are you voting for? Oh, I don't like you if you're not voting for this guy and stuff. And then it's like in the end, nothing too much changes because really it's like the Senate and the House and Congress and all that other crap that like. He's just the, po- to just the poster boy. Just the little yeah, poster exactly, boy. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Speaking of boy, what was the message behind Perfect Boy? Ah, so um, per- Perfect Boy is a more gritty song with less of a message behind it um it for the most part or it is it's actually the only song on the record that's about sex and it's kind of just like a nice rock and roll lustful song but it's also like saying like you know like you want this girl but you're not perfect and you never will be so like accept me for who i am so like that's about the only positive message behind it the rest of it was kind of just you know the young man hormones wanting to write an angsty song about not getting laid when you want to get laid you know <laughs> hell it makes for a good song too fair enough i actually really like the way that one sounded too i just got like groovy as hell when i heard that groovy oh, who yeah. still uses groovy wait i do uh, i do too well my favorite part's the intro like the i love the drums come in you know yeah i'm just like oh that intro all right, next song. What was the meaning behind Rule the World? Yeah. So Rule the World, um, Chris wrote that one. Actually, all the lyrics on that one, I believe. There's been times where me and him have, you know, plucked some things out together. Uh, yeah, that one is... Uh, <clears throat> so me and him kind of are the yin and the yang of the band. Chris writes more positive songs. I write more of the darker stuff, like Deal With Your Emotions. And that one's just like completely meant to be like an anthem of like, when you feel down, you can still change things and like come out on top and like rule the world, you know, because everyone wants to feel like on top of the world at some point. And to us, it's kind of like almost like the theme song or anthem of the band, like what we hope to do, where we hope to go. But that's not what it was written about. It was actually written about like, when you feel down, like get the hell out of bed kick yourself into shape and go out there and rule the world, dude. Cause it don't matter what you're doing. We can all be Kings of the world in our own way. You know? Mm-hmm. I like that. I really like that a lot. Yeah. Well, that's kind of also why we sequenced it after Bobby Joe and then perfect boy. Cause those two both are a little darker. And then we kind of like brought in rule the world to like, be like, Hey, if you're dealing with this, there's still, you know, yeah. To bring up the mood. Mm-hmm. All right. Speaking of bringing up the mood, what was the message between behind After Party? Did you watch the music video? I haven't been able to yet. I, I've, been, yet? I've been editing so much stuff lately. I haven't had time. Okay, cool. Well, that actually will make this this explanation quicker because the the music video is um, I I don't want to ruin anything, but the music video is very exaggerated of the storyline that's actually in the song. So it like pushes it more to its limits and stuff and takes it a bit more out there. But the premise of After Party is about these two people who are, you know, obviously one of the characters based on me, 
but like I also don't like to give my characters in a song like gender because if you know if you're into guys and you want to think the song's about your boyfriend then cool or if you're a girl and you want to think the song's about your girlfriend then cool so I don't want to play that like so it's about you know partners two partners that are together and basically what they figure out is when one of them gets clean and off drugs the one that gets clean realizes like hey I was never in love with you to begin with I just was in love with doing drugs with you but now that the drugs are gone like I realize I don't care for you the way I thought I cared for you we were just like codependent on each other for someone to like score and yeah so then it just kind of like it, it just deals with that and like you know trying to get sober when you're with a partner who is refusing to get sober and the you know the struggle that brings because it's like maybe at first you didn't realize like oh hey I can't be with you anymore but once you realize they weren't going to give it up for you like you gave it up for your mom or your kid or for your own damn self you gave it up for some reason and now you're asking the person you're supposed to be in love with hey give it up for me and they won't then it's like well we're not in love we're just in this drug lust together you know yeah what was the inspiration for get out of my way i love the way that one sounded yeah um i i don't know i think chris was when chris wrote that one too I, I know a bit what it's about, and it's kind of like the same thing about rule the world, like, hey, get out of my way, you're not stopping me. I always joke with him, though, that he was pissed off at a concert trying to get to the get to the bar, walking through a crowd of people, but yeah, so. Yeah, and that, and that one, that's the one, me and him co-wrote the chorus on that one. He had the get out of my way part, and then I came up with the, or you'll be another one down part, and then, yeah, so that's one of the the few songs that we our next album is penned a lot more together but the first album since we like kind of merged as two bands it was a lot more of uh taking our own time to write you know yeah and i don't see what i've heard so far is amazing so i really do look forward to future releases yeah i know um we definitely will we're gonna we're gonna be consistent with putting stuff out we're hitting the studio again this month so but nothing's gonna come out at least till fall but We'll probably be putting another single out in like the fall, but we just like to, we learned that album took us damn near two years to make and we learned the hard way, all the other stuff you have to get in order to put an album out and the release date kept getting pushed until it was like almost two years later. So like this time we're like, hey, if we do something in spring, we can probably put it out in fall. So we're just trying to think ahead more now. Yeah. Learn something, you know. All right. The next song I'm going to ask about is my favorite on the entire album, Flirt With Death. Yeah. What was that one? What inspired that? What was the message behind that? Okay, so there's a couple different ones. Um, we'll start with, like, the chorus says, you know, I like to flirt with death because it makes me feel alive, and I like to flirt with death because it makes me feel all right. I actually wrote those lyrics on my motorcycle when I was going way too fast. And it's like kind of talking about when you're so low in life, the closer you push yourself to almost dying is like almost like the only time you get a rush anymore and like feel, feel alive per se. And you feel better then, but then that adrenaline goes away and like, you're like back to like, um, uh, feeling like shit. And then the chorus, like, tell or the verses tell like a storyline that is kind of like open to interpretation by anyone but in my eyes this is what like happens in the storyline because I like want to be a musician I love music is basically the main character 
wants something other than what he has in life. The alcohol and cigarettes aren't numbing the pain for him anymore. He's not happy working a shitty job. He wants to follow his dreams. So basically he, he uh, kills himself metaphorically, like fakes his own death to like become like a new, a new person and become this musician and just leave his job behind, leave everything behind and just start a new life because in his eyes, it's better than actually dying to like, just like completely like change himself like a metamorphosis or something that's great all right thank my neck so what were we about to say oh i just said thank you uh, anytime like hearing stuff like this is beautiful to me uh, my next question is what was the message behind through the window okay so um <laughs> That one directly follows Flirt with Death because clearly there's a lot of themes of mental illness in Flirt with Death and a lot of uh, struggling with depression, thoughts of self-harm, or even if not self-harm, just running away from life, just that need for escapism more the less, you know. And uh, so Through the Window deals with the opposite side of the spectrum that well if you don't change something you don't run away from your life or figure something out through the window is completely about the fucked up mental health care system and in, in this country and how these institutions i mean i know some people who have had good luck with them but for the most part they just drug you up and then they send you back out on the street they don't really fix anything and so yeah it, it also deals with like a lot like for like someone who doesn't like really believe that like they belong there like hey i'm not supposed to be here i'm okay in the head and everyone's like no no you're not you know like the denial side of things so yeah that song is completely you know like the opening lyrics i just like set the scene that this whole song takes place in an asylum or a institution or you know whatever mental health care i think would be the most pc word for it i don't know i've been through it myself so i'll fucking call it a loony bin if i want to you know what i mean if, if you've been there you can call it whatever you want if you're someone else then you better i guess be politically correct about it but like you know they put me in a room with no colors and then you know i swallowed my pride along with all the colors is because they give you all these freaking stupid ass pills and they're all different colors and shit and it's like the only color in the damn room is the pills and yeah and so then uh, the second verse just like goes on to like reinforce like the exit now that like when you leave there you basically if you had a good enough job they might have held it for you but for the most part all you got left is what's in that freaking they give you a brown paper bag and you got your clothes in it and you know you might have some friends phone numbers or something but that's about all you're down to you know mm -hmm. it's sad how the system works like that it's just so disappointing mm-hmm this is why I lost faith in America years ago. Well, you know, and like, I'm not, like I said, I'm not political, but what would you call it? Like socio-political? I'm very socio-political, like about the politics between person to person, like freaking yeah. gun violence and mental health care and, you know, addiction issues, like stuff like that. That's what really opens my eyes. And, you know, I'm not, I'm also, I every, like, I write through characters, but every song is you know somewhat based on myself so i understand this stuff like deeply and like wholeheartedly you know yeah and i wholeheartedly care about it too like of it's like course. i want people to hear the song through the window and the people who don't like understand what it's about like have it like even as a song for like a young boy or a young girl who's like struggling with something like showing their parents like you know 
this is what I go through, you know, that, you know, and like explaining to them, get the word out. It opens the conversation. Oh, why do you like this song so much? Because this is what he's saying in the song. So then now the song don't matter, but now we got two more people having a conversation about how we all together can change the world, you know? Yeah, I definitely get that. And that's actually kind of why I really enjoyed those songs. It's like, I see the meaning in it too, because I have also gone through stuff very similar to that. Right. And the healthcare system is a total joke. Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. I'm over here, like, trying to get help. I'm like, you know what? Screw you guys. Put my headphones on. I was fine in a week. Music right. music is like the best medicine when it comes to mental health problems. M- musical therapy. Yeah. I mean, me personally, I haven't, um, I haven't had like any like sort of like, um, like, episodes of like you know uh like of um depression and stuff like that since I got into this and like started like helping other people it's like now like I really like found like an outlet like I still have them I only write when I'm depressed like so I still clearly have them but I just found like you said with your headphones like a way to deal with it like to where I can calm myself down you know and I don't I don't need someone else's help. I could just have my guitar and get my freaking words out of my head. And it's like, then I like, then I'm like, dude, I like, you got to show this to more people. So people know they're not alone out there. That's the big reason why I like rock and metal. It's such like so much raw emotion. And yeah. like, no matter what you're going through, people always, if when you hear music like that, you realize you're never alone. That's oh, yeah. why I'm a big fan of, the, of those genres, particularly. Me, me too. That's what I've always loved about them. Even as a kid going to like metal shows and mosh pits and stuff, it's always been a, a escapism for me, you know? Like when you're like at that show, like the rest of the freaking world like doesn't exist anymore. Like all that exists is that show and the people around you and everyone's there for the same common cause and everyone's got their arms around each other and you're just like one big family for a minute, you know? It's a very loving environment. That's why I went to Warped Tour a bunch of times before they ended it. Yeah. I'm so glad they're bringing that back, too, after COVID. Kevin Oh, yeah, I know. I'm like, uh, yeah. He's making retirement. I'm so pumped. I'm like, yes! Because actually, behind my computer, I have a big Warped Tour signage from the last tour. I wasn't able to attend it, but someone had the signage. I bought it off of them on eBay. And I'm over here like, this is beautiful. It's an official, like, piece from the booths from the last Warped Tour. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, I went to, I was disappointed too. I went to like all of them except like the last year. And I don't remember if it was because it wasn't announced or I was with another band. Or I don't remember why I didn't go, but I remember I didn't go the last year and then I found out it was the last year and I was like really upset with myself. But um, My biggest regret was not finding out about the tour sooner because I found out about it in 2016. And I oh, went okay. every, and I went like every year until like the last one because I couldn't make it to the last one since they only chose three places. But yeah, yeah because like I said like I said I found out about it like a week before a week before the festival was scheduled in 2016 mm-hmm. I'm gonna check it out I'll see what I'll see what I like what I see I regretted not finding out about it as soon as I walked in I'm like this is fucking amazing right so where'd, I, you have to, where'd you have to go for it because you live um, in like Connecticut right there's a it's not the uh I'm trying to think here the Xfinity Theater it's like a big outdoor venue but it is in Connecticut yeah Okay, I would just was curious because I, I don't know, you guys are kind of a smaller state, so I didn't know if you had to, like, go to somewhere around there or <laughs> what. Yeah, no, I get it, man. I get it because we are a small state, but it, it hit the states because um, it's a bit, even though it's a small state, the theater area is huge. Like, there's four right. different stages and a bunch of other stuff. Right, for sure. Uh, I miss those days. And ever since I got into Warp Tour, I was, I it, it took me a while, but I tracked down every CD in existence. 
Oh, really? All the World Pro CDs, I own them. Did you um, ever go when they still had the skate ramps there? Oh, I didn't. I wasn't around for that. Like, I didn't know until, like, later after the fact. I wish I was. I yeah. wish I was. Because I watched all those videos. I'm like, oh, this is beautiful. Because on my channel, I do a warp Tour. I do warp Tour Wednesday on my channel. I'm pretty sure you've seen that scrolling through. I think I have, but I don't. I would have. No, I don't think I have because uh, I think I would have watched it. What I do I is, um, I'm gonna know? watch it now. I tell you that much. <laughs> you know how I did those one minute videos from their page. I have first. I have the tour, like the tour photo from that year. Well, the okay. from that year, a band photo from that specific tour day, and that video at the end. And I'm just giving like little snippets of what it was and what it was about. Gotcha. I do one post for each tour day, so I'm trying to get 25 posts in. 25 okay. years. I'm actually, I just, hit, I just hit the halfway through mark on that. Nice. It's really cool. It's a, yeah, Warp, Warp Tour is like a defining point in like so many people's life. It's amazing. I always, when I heard they were bringing it back too, I was like so happy. I have to, I'm like a tattoo of that too. I, I, I don't have any tattoos yet, but it's like music really got me through a lot of hell. So I want my body to represent music as much as my soul does. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I have like, I most of my tattoos are music related. Nice. First one I'm probably gonna get is Currents, Place I Feel Safest, because that was the album that got me out of killing myself. Oh, the, la the last nice. song on that was Shattered, and I just when I first heard that, my mind just went blank. I just right. took in everything. Mm -hmm. That song is very emotional for me. By who do you say is by Currents? Yep, Currents. Yeah. I've heard of them, but I've never deep dived into them. You know, there a lot of the songs have so much meaning. Like when I first heard Monster. I was going through a very hard time with some very messed up people, and that song woke me up to that. And cool. like, I'll send I'll send some stuff over later. A lot of yeah, their songs sure, have a lot of deep symbolism. Cool. Yeah, I'd love to check it out more because I've heard like a few of their songs and stuff, but yeah, never really done a deep dive. But like, I you could tell I'm into like that stuff. The songs with deep meanings and everything. Definitely. So. I hope I can talk to them someday. That'd be a dream come true for me. Yeah. And it might happen too, since I work with a few label owners like Dakota, you know, the one who works with Matthew, and he it's reached out like to like DI or something. Yeah, DI it? Records. Yeah, he reached out to them for me, and they responded to him. And now they want they want me to send my stuff over, so I'm not waiting to hear back. So fingers crossed on that one. Nice. Yeah, that'd be really cool for you. Uh, that'd be awesome. That'd be. I would probably cry on fucking camera. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to hold it in. I really wouldn't be able to. I've been trying to talk to them since since 2017. Right, yeah, and that—that's when that healing began, and right, then yeah. and they saved me again last year, when some really messed up crap happened, and then I just started this up. Right, nice. Well, you know, keep persevering and keep doing what you're doing, and you know, of course, there's, there's people out there like me and you that understand it and understand it's going on. So you know, never feel alone, man. Yeah, that's why I love music. Like music like this, I'm never alone because I know. People who write stuff like this, they have been through a lot of similar shit. Mm -hmm. And it really oh, yeah. helps vent out the pain. Like, my therapy is my music. Yeah. That's sure. the best way to put it. All right, we, we, lost, we went way off track there. I <laughs> All right. Hey, it is still great, though. What yeah, was the oh, meaning? Yeah. yeah. What was that's the meaning? That's where you get the best tidbits is when, Honestly, you, know, when you go off track. <laughs> it's so true. Like, I was working with the guy from Savage Chance. We went way off track, but we got a lot of good stuff from that, too. Uh, actually, Savage Chance actually works with Currents quite a bit. Well, he has in the past, so he knows them personally. Oh, great, nice. Great That's dude. Cool. The vocalist is a great guy. All right, next question is, what was the meaning behind mistakes? You know, 
I think that one means that Chris wrote that song too. Um, like accepting your own actions and stuff like that. There's not really any such thing as like mistakes. Like you create your own problem. You have to own up to your own actions and any problems you may create through your own actions. The reason too that one's behind through the window is because this wasn't a concept album, but I think we had a very popular theme going on in it. So when it got down to the sequencing, like I put a lot of thought into it, not just for like the ups and downs musically, like, oh, this song's like dung, 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 dung. And then this song's like, you know, softer. So let's put that there. And um, yeah, so like that one goes after like through the window because it's like, okay, you know, you've been through some rough shit and um you've been through some rough stuff but at the end of the day whether or not you are struggling with uh anything like you still have to like accept your own actions like me before like I've personally been like a bastard to like some people in my life like ex-girlfriends and stuff that really cared about me because I was going through my own struggles and battling with my own demons and stuff and uh yeah, so then, like, you have to, like, even though you were going through stuff, you still have to accept your own actions, too, you know, and you can't just always go around, like, blaming, blaming your problems for this, the things you do. If you got too angry with a person and stuff, it's like, well, you know, hey, you need to understand I'm struggling with these demons right now. I snap easily. So, you know, just hear me out here. My side, I realize I, I fucked up and I'm owning that and that's the best I can do. And I apologize for my actions. So that's the meaning I put to the song. Chris might have a different story, honestly, but I, I still love that. I love hearing That means a lot. I love hearing stuff like that because I know that pain. And like I said, like when I went through that depressive state before I started this project up, I was going through a lot of hell. And right. there was a time where I snapped, but I got, I got control of myself. My friend who I snapped at was like, dude, get here. Like he recommended some songs to me because he knows music is my therapy. And he helped me get through it. And I was just like apologizing because I felt so bad. Because like right. I said, I made my own, I made the problem when I went through that depressive state. So I wanted to apologize for going off on him. Still one oh, of the yeah. best guys I know to this day. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, you know, some people stick with you, and like, like I said, though, you gotta, you gotta watch yourself because I know I've like hurt a lot of people in my life by going through my own things and taking it out on them and stuff. And you, you gotta like at one, at one point realize, well, I do have these issues, but it's still my responsibility to clean up the mess I may have made if I snapped on a good friend or a good girl or like someone who really cared about me. Yeah. Like, the best way to see who true friends are is when you fuck up real bad, see who's still by your side. That's oh, how I look at yeah. it. Yeah, I can't preach that enough. That's fucking true. If you want to know who your true friends are, fuck up and see who's still there. <laughs> exactly. And then compare it. Then when, then, then when they, like, walk out the door because you fucked up once, then be like, oh, well, this guy's done all this shit and I stuck by him, but then I do one little thing. Yeah, yeah. If you want to weed some people out of your life real quick, just, like, mess up a little bit. It'll yeah, yeah, and when I when I went through that state, I lost a lot of people, but I'm kind of happy I did, because they were yeah. so they were, they caused a lot of drama in my life. And then after they were all gone, I decided to start this up as a coping mechanism, because mm -hmm. for a long time I saw them all as family, which sucks because my at home life isn't the best. Right, so I understand. They were like all I had, and losing them destroyed me mentally. And then ones who I speak with now, who I 
who I'm very close with, I always tell them everything now. Like they came through for me when this all went down. And we all talk, we talk, we actually talked right before this interview started up. They're like, good luck, man. Like they're always cheering me on. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's, that's what you need too, you know. Like I got, I, I, I had, you know, more friends and stuff, but I'm basically to the point now where pretty much my whole friend group, you know, I, I got Chris in the band with me, who's like my best friend. And then other than that, pretty much everyone who's my friend is like in this industry too. And like, we all build each other up and we all, you know, everyone's either a musician or a merch person or a sound guy. And it's like this whole like cult family of people now that is just, incredible better than having fake friends and stuff that don't exactly you for you there's like this great um quote at the end of a hobson song it's a uh, ill mind a hobson eight and it's i actually found out it's a jewel o- osteen quote which i'm not really a jewel osteen fan but it's like a really good quote and it's like it says you know change is inevitable without change we'll never become like who we're supposed to be every blessing you have isn't supposed to be permanent like you have to constantly evaluate your friendship see who's speaking into your life and who's not who's just riding on your coattails and stuff and it's really good you should check it out even if you don't like the song i mean the, the song's okay but it's mostly just like him kind of bitching about his shitty record contract but the quote at the end is awesome i will definitely look into that i'm i'm intrigued now yeah no i mean the song's pretty good don't get me wrong but it's just like you only listen to it so many times till you're like well it's really sucks that you got screwed over by your manager but you know yeah the right, next question is what was the message behind look to the sky uh, which one which one are we at uh look to the sky oh look to the sky yeah that's right uh that one is about me and me and chris kind of co-wrote that one i think you have most most of the lyrics going we also turned it into a duet, which I thought was pretty cool because every song on an album, like one of us sings, other sings harmony. And like that one is just, you know, it's definitely, I don't think, uh, it, it's not like a really a Christian song. A lot of people think when you say look to the sky that it's like, you know, it has to do with like Christianity or whatever. I think it's, you know, it's just more about like finding faith in anything, whatever, whatever can, you know, whatever can make you feel good about life like you know if you're feeling alone like you got no hope just look to the sky and everything will be all right just look at the clouds for an hour man calm down you know (laughs) that's the way that's the way i like to put it is like just you know take look, look at a flower take take uh take time for the simple things you know look at a flower look to the sky look at a nice tree watch some ducks swim around your pool or something like that you know just find faith and beauty in everything around you. And the sky is like one of the like biggest like mysteries we have. And you can, I mean, you can, you ever cloud watch before? That's mm-hmm. something you've done? You have? Yeah, I have. Okay. So My then okay. On, I just cloud watch. It's so right. Cool. Yeah, exactly. So exactly that, you know, just stare, just stare up at the sky and just, you know, you can get lost for hours. I mean, I've even done it before without music and just like, everyone makes jokes about me because I have like, they, they like think of me like a dog a lot because I stare out windows a lot because I just like observe a lot of things around me and like so like my friends and stuff and family they make fun of me for it because they'll like constantly like catch me like just like staring out a window and I'll just be watching like grass move in the breeze or something you know something stupid like that people are like you look like you're in deep thought and I'm like 
No, I was actually just like wondering if that duck was going to show up while I, you know, stare at this water move back and forth or something like that. But yeah, you definitely have to uh, take pleasure in the the simple things, the simple beauty of life, because exactly. it is we're surrounded by beauty. So honestly, yeah, like and people, a lot of people don't know that too. Everyone's like, oh, there's nothing to do. It's like you can take everything in, take a nice look yeah. at stuff, look at the clouds, look at the birds. Yeah. Look at the ducks. Like, just look at something that is there and just admire it. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's amazing, you know. Even, like, the sky alone, like, is just like a, you know, and I think part of that song, too, was, like, saying, like, um, it's, like, about, like, the construct, too, of, like, infinity, you know. Like, kind of just, like, I'm not the only one here. We all live under the same big blue sky. There's people out there that feel the same way I do and we all live under this same roof you know yeah like yeah. yeah you're under your roof now in Connecticut I'm under my roof in Michigan but if we all went outside at the same exact time every freaking human being on the planet we'd all be living under the same big roof we're just you know we're all one big family and yes yeah, for sure there's some family members out there that you don't get along with but for the most part we're all brothers and sisters and you know you're not you're never the only one alone so exactly all right what was the meaning behind slick rick slick rick <laughs> um slick rick was inspired by my friend chris uh not guitar player chris a different friend chris i have because he brought up a very good point after he heard bobby joe that he says so in the song bobby joe the thief gets away and I was like, yeah. And he's like, well, like, we know James died. We know Bobby Joe goes to prison. But, like, what happens to, like, the thief? So when I started writing the song, I started wanting to describe the events that would have led up to, to Slick Rick is the guy who broke into Bobby's house. That's why the song, like, starts with, like, a house break in again. But this time it's from his point of view. And, you know, he's getting chased out by Bobby and stuff. And then, like, I just, like, kind of kept thinking about, like, how to develop the story more and make it, like, more interesting, I guess, and bring another dynamic into it. And, like, so the only other um, plot point in Bobby Joe that was unresolved was, like, I imply that James has friends or at least has a friend about when... Uh, the, when I say he usually doesn't walk alone, I'm implying he's usually got a friend with him. And then, like, you know... Um, uh, when then I talk about his funeral, his friends came to pay their final respects. So then the kid in the Slick Rick storyline is supposed to be um, be uh, James's best friend who he doesn't know that this junkie because he decides to go down a bad path because he had some home life problems he talks about in the song. And after he talks about his home life problems, he also like continues on to tell Slick without knowing he's talking to the guy who like kind of set this whole thing in motion that like, yeah, the like trigger point for me when I ran away from home and just kind of started becoming a drug user because I was running through all my emotions is that once my best friend got killed and like a, you know, like a, um, like a, in cold blood, you know, and like it was just violent and unnecessary and he doesn't know he's talking to the killer. And so then Slick starts like sympathizing with him and stuff and like realizing that 
he could have been the one who very well took this kid's friend away and stuff. And that's why by the end of the song, Slick is like very more sympathetic, less crude, less trying to rob the kid and stuff. And then, yeah, and then that's basically where the song summarizes is uh, Slick ODs in the end because he's trying to get it off his mind, all the pain and turmoil he caused for this kid. But also in a way, he's almost like a, like a martyr or like a sacrifice because by stealing all the kids drugs and doing all the drugs the kid has no drugs left to do so yeah so i i think there's probably going to be another song that's going to continue this series but i i'm not going to give anything away on that one yet but the kid is still alive so you know yeah i noticed that i noticed the comparison with the story when i heard um Slick Rick and Bill, Bobby Joe. Like, I will see. I wanted to ask you about that, and he just answered my question. Okay, <laughs> I do see. I did see a very, very good comparison there. I'm like, are these two songs related? And yeah, see. well, you got a good ear then, because not not a lot of people, some people, but I'd say it's more like 40, 60. A lot of people don't realize yeah. it at all. Yeah, I noticed the perspective change. I'm like, this has to be the thief from the first song. Yeah, and I'm glad I was right. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm glad you realized it. Well, dude, I, we dropped a huge hint at it, too, because, like, so, like, I don't know if you know anything about music theory, but, like, there's, like, keys. So, like, you can play in a key but not play the same thing. You can play different chords, but they're still all in the same key. So when we wrote Slick, I wanted to keep it in the same key just so that it had kind of, like, the same sound as Bobby but was a different song. Like, it wasn't the same music, but it was very similar to where people can't put their finger on it like why is it so similar so I, I wrote it in the same key and then at the end we had that like outro part where Chris is playing that freaking beautiful like it's like a bar chord pluck thing like a doom 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 yeah and it was like fading out and then like I was we we're in the studio and I might have thought about it shortly before but I knew then we had to do it and I was like as this fades out like we need to fade in the intro guitar from Bobby Joe so then it, it fades in the intro guitar from Bobby Joe, and then it ends the song with the same three chords Bobby Joe ended with. And it's like, that right there was like the hint to people. I was like, okay, if they didn't get it by this point, I'm just shoving it in their face. <laughs> like, you know, I caught on that, actually. I was like, this sounds cool. like the first song. That's sexy one. Not only that, but the lyrics in that one part at the end, uh, that's what made me think the question, because I wanted to confirm if it was right or wrong, if I was, if I was right on it. And, but yeah, no, I recognize that. I'm like, this is the this is the intro from the first track, and cool, this I'm... lyrics represents the thief. I was thinking that all that th all that was going through my head today, and I'm just like, these have to be related. Like yeah. there ha there has to be a story with these two. Yeah, you know, and then like there's like even like the kids like um, I'm trying to get better with developing different um, character personas with my voice, almost more theatrical. That was the first song on this album. I actually did it that like during the second verse when it becomes the kid talking to Slick and not just like the narrator, like I get more grungy with my voice. I get more upset, like, because like now I'm playing the character, like this is the character's part of the movie where he's speaking, you know? So yeah. that's something too I have, I'm putting a lot more focus on, on the next album that I'm like really excited about is like, not just like singing or hitting the right notes, but like singing with like intention of like, what who I'm portraying not what I I already do that I I you know I believe I put a good amount of emotion in at the right times but like just more of like if it's coming from this person's view what would this person sound like and stuff and you know I guess just yeah that's great 
Well, we basically just covered the album. So my next question is, who would you love to collaborate with in studio and on stage? Oh, that's a hard one. Uh, like actually do a song. Oh, man. Like actually do a song with another musician. Yeah. Because I love the idea of live collaboration, but I'm not like super big on studio collaboration. But um, is it alive or dead? <laughs> or is it you, have, you can choose either. Either? Oh, man. Um, okay, I'm, I'm doing three. I think in the studio, Kurt Cobain. <laughs> I think live Youngblood, you know Youngblood is? Yeah, I've heard of him a lot. Okay, he's insane. And I think for writing and doing something crazy, like making like a musical or something, Gerard Way. <laughs> to my, my Chemical Romance, so. Excellent choice. They got back together recently, too, I heard, from back in November. Oh, man, don't get me started. Yeah, no, they were supposed to play, like, right after the pandemic. Well, I actually, I'm, like, happy about the pandemic just for this reason, because tickets to the show was like three thousand dollars and then now you can get them at like 300 bucks so because people don't know what they're doing in 2022 problem is i don't know what i'm doing in september of 2022 so i can't take advantage of the cheap tickets quite yet but you know yeah oh i have the vinyl for black parade still love that album oh yeah oh my my man that's a defining point and freaking and my music freaking that was when that was when my like whole like just aura of like how i think about things changed too you know was yeah. that that record music has the power to do many things especially open our eyes to reality yeah yeah absolutely i mean that that album is just so beautiful too you know and it was that's why i say too like i i mean i like i guess like you know i i wouldn't mind collaborating with like gerard way in the studio but like with that guy and he does comic books and TV series and, like, all this stuff. And, like, you know, I'm pretty big into, like, I'm trying to get more into, like, the visual end of things. And I think I could, like, learn a lot from him and stuff. And I feel like he'd be, like, someone really cool for me to, like, work with on, like, some project that has music in it. But it's more than music. It's, like, the music is a soundtrack to, like, an animated comic book or something. Something like that. It was, like, what I'd love to do with him because I just... I'd just love to hang out with him for a day and, like, pick every aspect of his creative personality. Like, I'd want to learn more than music from that guy because he just he just blows me away. Yeah, the dude's amazing. Mm-hmm. All righty. My final question for the evening is, what is next for Redbrook Road? Well... Um, as of now, we, we have studio time booked and we will definitely have a single out before the end of this year, probably accompanied by another music video. And then, um, other than that, right now we're trying to get a tour going in August, like through the beginning of, uh, September, the beginning of September, we have some, some shows in Michigan a bit again. So we have to be back for that beginning of august we have like two weeks into august we have one show so we're like trying to go like out east make our way back to michigan for that show and then head out west so that's looking like it's gonna happen so i'm really excited about that so yeah i mean other than like right now just like trying full steam ahead to like put together that tour um we're working a lot right now we have the member changes going on so we have we have a lot of people interested. It's just which ones going to be the which ones are going to be the right one because we're trying to move up 
So right now it's just me and Chris that are technically in left in the band. And I hope my brother changes his mind and decides to rejoin us. But this career is not the path for everyone. And I respect him no matter what he does in life. And I'll always support him as I know he'll always support me. But if he doesn't decide to come back and that's the way it's looking right now. So we're um, not only do we want to get a bass player again and a drummer again, we're thinking about adding another guitar and just going up to like a, a good old fashioned five piece. Hmm. Just because me and Chris, the way we've been doing shows lately, we've been um, using backing tracks. So we still play guitar, but having the bass and drums there and like some of the guitar in the backing track, because a lot of our songs on the album have three guitars, whether you pick up on it or not, they don't necessarily need them live, but there's like a lot of like times there's three guitars anyways. We've been able to like be on stage and get like much more like animated and like into it because like and run around the stage and do more stuff because we're not worried about as much. But we want to definitely get back to it being a full live experience because that's what we grew up on with rock and roll is like we want like a whole band up there. So, yeah, we're basically trying. Anyways, long story short, we're dealing with member changes right now. And then hopefully by August, we're on the road and then uh at the, at the times, the months off we get, we'll be working on the next album, and hopefully you'll see the next album about the same time this one came out next year, though, so. I look forward to it, and when you guys do tour, make sure to hit Connecticut. I will run to that show immediately. Oh, well, you, you, dude, I tell you what, right now, how we're booking it is, like, off, like, where, like, social media followings are, so, yeah, so, yeah, we'll definitely be there. <laughs> Let I mean, me know. Yeah, because, I mean, we've we've driven and played for, like, you know, four kids in the bar staff. So if I know you're coming, <laughs> the bar staff's there. We're all good. <laughs> nice. Where's Connecticut at anyways? What are you guys by? We're, we're near New York. Oh, awesome, because we have some – okay, awesome. Yeah, because we have some um, some links up in New York right now, yeah. some people that I've been loosely talking to about some stuff. So, like, we're thinking about doing, like – um. Uh, like somewhere near the city or maybe in the city and then like Rochester area or like Buffalo. And then like, if, so if Connecticut's on the way out, yeah, we'll stop in for sure. <laughs> yeah. Connecticut's really close. Like I can drive up, I can literally just drive up to New York if I wanted to. That's how close I think I've been is. to Connecticut. Are you by Delaware? No, we are not. You're not. Oh, we're, yeah. near, we're near Massachusetts as well. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Make, okay. I got you. Yeah. It's a relatively small state, but it's a nice one. No, that's awesome, man. I just, uh, I'm not good at geography at all. I know if things are on the East Coast or the West Coast or in the middle, and that's about it for me. Yeah. You don't worry, either am I. I use GPS for everything. I totally get where you're going from. All right, yeah. That's what's nice about having, you know, yeah, and having digital maps now. Like, it's awesome. For booking, like, tours, like, Sometimes you can't do it, but there's like some pretty cool like websites you could go on and it'll rearrange your stops so they're the most like gas efficient. But then like sometimes you just have to override it because you're like, well, this this show is going to be on this date and that one's on that date. So we can't reverse them. But yeah, it helps. But yeah, I think uh, I think I covered all of our plans. I mean, we have a lot of plans. So <laughs> nice. I can't. Wait I'm to just trying to give you like the the rundown of the year. But I mean, yeah. I'm excited to see where, we, where it goes. Like, I'm really pumped to see what comes next for you guys. Yeah, thank you. I mean, 
like thank you again for having me on here and i also for anyone who might watch this because i'm going to definitely share it on my page like i want to thank everyone too that has been showing up to the shows and streaming the hell out of the album and the music videos we like like things started changing for us once we actually released this album like you know people show up more now to shows and stuff and like it's just been great we've been selling the vinyls we've been selling t-shirts and like you know, I just, I just, I just really appreciate everyone that's getting into it. And, you know, people like you who are willing to interview me and stuff. It's just like, I'm just like feel so blessed and overwhelmed at the same time. You know, it's not like we blew up overnight, but when you go through, I'm like having two kids at your shows to like people there, like actually knowing who you are, even when it's just five of them instead of two of them, it's just like, okay. It's still well. something. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, in today total, I have played work of heart at least five times full through. Really? Trying to wow. like analyze all the songs. Wow, thanks. When I listen to music, I, li I like to study. I like to study the lyrics as much as I can before I actually ask the questions because I want to make sure my knowledge is at least somewhat close to the actual reasoning. Right. Also, yeah. you you can learn a lot from music as well, which is also why I study lyrics. You mm -hmm. can learn so much from music. Yeah. Like I said, oh yeah. I had this album playing five times today, like no stop. <laughs> Cause I was working on a lot. I was working on a lot of stuff today, and I'm like, I need music to focus. I just popped on that album and did everything I needed to do today. Just nice, nice, yeah. I repeat five times. Hell it's, yeah! Like, Hell it's yeah. to me. I love it. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, like I said, like I basically already accomplished my goal, but I'm gonna keep going because like my goal was just for like one person to dig the album, you know, and you know, there's a lot more than that, and. I just feel like at this point I can't stop because I, if I stop at this point, not, not that I'd want to, but then at this point I'm like just doing an injustice to the people who really dig the album. It's like now I got to go out and play it for them. Like this isn't this isn't my album anymore. It was my album and my band's album, you know, like when when we were in the studio doing the songs before it was released and we were the only ones with it on our phones. It was our album. But then, like, as soon as we put it out there, it's it's not ours anymore. Now it belongs to all of you guys, you know? This is your guys' music. This is your guys' freaking family as much as it is ours, you know? The people that get the songs and love the songs and stuff, like, that's who this belongs to at this point. Like, we're not in control of it anymore. It's like sending a kid out into the world or something. Like, you just have to hope it does good and not, not end up in prison, you know? Yeah. And honestly, I see a lot of good things coming for the future for that album and whatever comes next. Because, like I said, when I first heard it, I just fell in love with it. I sent it to my buddies. They love it. I actually have, like, five more friends I need to send it to. Cause yeah, I, well, thanks I for doing so that, busy. too. That's awesome. Yeah, I've been so busy with my other stuff. I haven't had time to send, send it to everyone I wanted to send it to. But tonight I'm going to send it to two more of my close buddies and see their reactions. Because, like, cool. they used to be um, always into mumble rap and um, hip-hop and stuff like that and no more rap. They never really got into rock or metal. And then I showed right. them what I do. I showed them some of the bands I work with. And now they're like, they love metal. so And they love rock. I'm like, I accomplished my mission. Right. No, and that, that's awesome, dude. And, like, I've had, like, so many friends, too, like, in this industry and friends outside of this industry. And I was kind of one of them. I, um, I, I've done audio engineering and I've been involved in rap music a lot. But had a lot of friends that like were into like the mumble rap or other types of rap little wayne was super hot when i was in high school and uh like but then like as they got older and like i was i'd be showing them rock music and stuff like i like i saw a lot of people transition and i think it's all about what you were saying just the emotion and the 
the the themes rock music talks about is like we just like feel like rock artists to more like make ourselves like like I've seen like Jacoby Shadix from Papa Roach interviews, Brent Brent or Brett Smith from Shine Down and Zach Meyer interviews. And I just feel like people in rock bands, we just like more are like, hey, this is for all of us, where like not all, but I see a lot of rappers with like the persona of like this is me, I'm badass. And rock musicians, like I just I love like the the feeling in rock music that everyone's in it together. There's like, you know, sure the band's on stage, the crowd's in the crowd, but everyone feels like one while it's going on. Exactly. That's why I love the genres, man. You're you're at home. You got like a little yep. family going on here and everyone's connected through music. It's a complete unity. And I love yep. that so much. Yeah, and it's just like this is the biggest genre. I've been involved in rock since I was a kid, but I did uh, EDM for a while and DJing for a while. Part of the reason I got out of that was it just didn't have like enough like feeling and emotion in it to me. And then like once I started realizing that I'm getting paid to DJ to a bunch of like drugged up teen something kids that would have listened to freaking a bugle horn if that's all that was there. It was just like, you know, it just I want to connect with people through music, not just like contribute to people's like drug use, you know? And, yeah. Like, be that guy because that's like what a lot of DJing does and I'm not saying everyone that's into that music is into that but it's just more you know people in rock are into drugs too but I just you know come to show get drunk if you want to drink if you don't drink then don't drink that's cool but I just don't see it in rock as much as I see it in like the EDM world like Electric Forest and that it's just kind of like messes of drugged up kids that would dance to a freaking car honking its horn if that's all they had so <laughs> exactly that's why I usually just, that's why I usually stick with like metal and rock festivals where it's not as common. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's everywhere. Can't get away from it. But yeah. yeah, I mean, you just you'll never find that family feeling at in any other genre of music than you will at a freaking rock show. You know. Exactly, because music for the people more than anything else. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Like I was saying earlier, once you put out an album, that ain't your album anymore. That's everyone else's album. You know. Mm -hmm. it's a wonderful thing too yeah rock and metal have such an ability to heal it is otherworldly if you will oh absolutely i agree and Good some people point. don't and I, like there was just one guy i knew he he was he battles depression like i do he never thought he could get help with from anything because therapists never really work with him right he had shit therapists right. so i sent him the album that helped me that guy recovered so fast Right. And now music helps him on a daily basis, and he is doing so very well for himself. I'm so proud of him. That's awesome. I'm very glad to hear that. It's I awesome. use music to help people as much as it helped me. I, in total, I've saved about 22 lives using music alone. Wow. And it works. Like, when I see a friend depressed as hell, I send them stuff that, I, I send them to stuff that works for me. Mm. Or I send them stuff from bands I've worked with who I, who right. I think would really impact them. And I, I've been getting a lot of positive responses from that. And I want to keep that going. Yeah, no, that that's awesome that um, I'm when I start getting extra money off this career, because right now the only reason that I haven't been able to put this in place is I'm I'm scraping by, eating, you know, what I can. Fortunately, my dad's pretty great to me and takes pretty good care of me when I come home and stuff. But if I didn't have those things, like I, I don't got, you know, a dime really in my pocket right now, but um. 
I want to start what's called, I actually have a tattoo already. It says there is always hope. And then like backwards, it says hope is always there. But I want to start what's called the There is Always Hope Foundation. And basically what we're going to do is uh, use music as therapy. We're going to provide educational resources for people to learn about mental health and how they can get help. And uh, yeah, basically like what I want to do is like, like teach kids like who may have may have some behavioral issues whether it be like bipolar or ADHD anything like that like pay and provide for them to get music lessons and learn more about music and stuff and use like music as a therapy source and then also for like people with drug issues like you know to be able to help fund their rehab and like kind of the same thing like you know like afterward like it just kind of be like this like you know be mostly an educational like foundation where we provide people with resources and stuff like we don't really do that much of the work ourselves because that takes too much licensing and hiring and insurance and stuff like that but places that are already you know someone might not go to because they don't have insurance they can't cover it well here you go we'll help you out and then we'll set you up with like a sponsor type thing afterwards and you know you know especially the kids I want to work with, like nip, nip the problem in the ass early, like middle schoolers who are like out are like outcasts and stuff, kind of like I was like, hey, man, yeah, you got these problems, but here's a guitar. Oh, I can't afford a guitar. Like, no, that's like what we're doing now. You know, we're going to provide instruments, you know, and things like that, you know, so yeah, it's, it's one of my biggest hopes with being in this industry. I'd honestly, I would, I'd take being being able to set that up and get that running properly like over like being in the biggest band on the planet if i can just get this band to a big enough point where we can have this nonprofit organization to help other people like i'd be happy right there if i can provide for myself plus that and plus the band i'm good i'm like that's all i need i don't need to be metallica i don't need to be the next cobain or something just you know let me do good with my success so that's all i want you know that hits me where i live I that is beautiful, dude. Thank you. Jesus. Sorry, I got a little teared up for a second. <laughs> hey, man. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Hey, I was an outcast too, and music got me out of a lot of shit. So I feel that. Right. Yeah. So I want to help. I want to help me. I want to help make this happen now so badly. <laughs> I do. I really want to yeah. see that happen. I know. I feel like it'd be a great thing too. And like, like warp. If you think about things like warp tour and stuff, we could have a tent there and stuff did, like that. Yeah, they like, did a lot of that too. They did like a yeah. bunch of foundations. Well, like uh, to write love on her arms, which is they yeah, do a little bit different. Post but on that actually, yeah, they're one of my huge influences for like what made me think this up. Like I'm not copying them; they're different, and it's okay if you're helping people copy all you want. It's not like ripping off a song. If you're gonna start an identical foundation that reaches more people, go ahead. But yeah, to write love on her arms was a very big one for me. They're an excellent foundation, and yeah, they're amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did a post on that actually on one of the on one of the Warped episodes. I I mentioned them and a few others. Mm -hmm. Great guy, great people too. Oh, that's beautiful, dude. That 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 just made my evening, man. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, Glad I could do that for you. Honestly, thank you. Like I being able to do stuff like this has always been a pipe dream for me. Never thought it'd be a reality, but look where I am now. Yeah. I literally started this up to get over a very abusive person in my life who actually ditched me, thank goodness. But it's like I was trying to get over that because it was a very stressful time in my life. Mm-hmm. And that's when music saved me. And then I started this up right after that. 
I messaged one of my favorite groups I listened to in college saying, can I speak with you guys? And he goes, yeah, man, sure. And I just started this up. Right. Yeah. I'm, and that, that's awesome because like, like the, the people like you are like the only reason that like the bands, the smaller bands and stuff make it like you, you guys all got to realize like how important you are too, because like it, it gets the word out there. And not, not even just, I'm not saying even just people like with podcasts or whatever you want to call this YouTube cast. I don't, I don't know what you call it. Um, not just those people, but the people that like you that find the album, get really interested in it and out of their own Liberty, send it to their friends and stuff and are like, Hey, this is good. Like, those are like, you know, that's the only reason that like we can do this. Like I said, we made the album for you guys, not for ourselves, you know, at least in yeah. my eyes. My goal is to just spread music that I think has meaning. That's the big reason why I do this. Mm -hmm. And so far, I have never been disappointed once. I enjoy yeah. every band. I enjoy everyone I talk to. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, you and Matt both are just both such awesome guys to, like, know because you're both just, like, in it for the right reasons, you know? Yeah. I've had other people hit me up, and they're like, hey, you want to do an interview? I'm like, yeah, sure, when? They're like, well, it's going to be 150 bucks. I'm like... Why am I paying you? Like, no, no. Oh, hell no. You know? I, could, I could never charge for this. That doesn't feel right to me right. at all. Mm -hmm. I do this for the love of music and the passion. The only reason why I do this. Yeah. I, I never want to make money off of this. That's not why I do this at all. Right. Like, I just want to give back to music as much as it has given to me. Yep. Yeah, I mean, same thing with me. Like I was saying earlier, like, I have some goals that I need money for, but, you know. Obviously, with a band, there's overhead expenses of studio time and touring, but, like, I don't want, I don't care to have any money beyond that, you know? Like, obviously, I have to have a want for some money or I can't keep doing this, but, yeah, you know, beyond what it takes, I'll still be a broke musician on the road as long as people are still showing up and I make enough money to get to the next town, you know? Exactly. Like, that's it. That's all I care about. I don't, I don't need a Ferrari. I don't need a Lamborghini. I'd like to have a viper one day maybe it'll happen but if i don't get it i'll be fine without it you know yeah like my biggest goal with this is just to spread the love of music and their stories and help them mm -hmm. get more listeners and help them find people who can connect with their music like i started this up as a passion project and i'm gonna keep going with that right music saved my life and if i can help it save others that's all i'm in it for yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah, it's, it's, it's great. It's just music is the culture of it is great. Like sitting down with people like you and talking and like really getting deep into this is like great. You know, it's yeah, it's really cool. It's like it shows you like you're in Connecticut and I'm in Michigan and like we can talk like we've known each other for years just because we we relate on so many levels about this one particular topic, music. You know? Exactly. Like I work with bands from all over the world too, like Brazil, Norway, Netherlands. Like I'm working oh, yeah. from all over. So it's like, and I still have that genuine bond because of the music they create. Right. And like the topics it hits. There's some groups, let's see, really good ones. Like, well, everyone's really good if I've spoken to. But it's like some music stands out a lot more because of the emotion you feel with the lyrics they give. Right. Yeah. Like when I was working with uh, a group from Brazil, they're called, it's, it's spelled A-X-T-Y, but it's pronounced anxiety. Their stuff really hit hard from home with me. Because a lot of it is meaningful as hell, and it just it strikes a lot of, well, bonds, if you will. Right, yeah. And no, for insane. sure. It, I love how music has that ability just to bring people together. It's so beautiful. Yeah, that's my favorite part, too, for sure. 
for so sure. Thing. Yeah, there, there's just nothing like that feeling of like, you know, even even with like other like local and regional bands that we play with, like there's just like, you know, once in a while you get the dicks in the room, but for the most part, all the other bands, we all are there to support each other. We all have looked into each other's music. We all want to talk music with each other, you know, and it's it's really like you said, like a family sense thing, and you know, it's great. That's why I love music festivals. Like you could not know a single person there, yet everyone will be hugging like it's like it's a promised day. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Everyone just has a genuine bond with the music they listen to, and it helps them all get out their anger, their depression, their stress. Yeah. It makes all you of feel it. like you're at peace. All of it, it's medicine for the people, man. Like it's exactly it's it's amazing. And like the nice part too is like I, I was on that side of things for many years and I, I mean I've been doing gigs since I was pretty young, but I with this band's when we got real hardcore into it. And like one of the things I loved about it was like when we started going out of state and stuff, like I didn't know what it was gonna be like playing with other bands who like only heard of us because they looked us up because they knew they were playing with us and stuff. But the thing I've learned to love so friggin' much about doing this is that camaraderie is there backstage too. Some guy from who's a guitar player in this band or something. I get off stage and I walk off stage and he's backstage and you know giving me a hug like that song was great. You killed it tonight and like it's just like we're all there for the same reason and we're all just one big friggin' family. That's so beautiful, dude. Mm -hmm. uh, the love of music can bring so much joy to the world. Yeah, it's such a healing tool. It's amazing, and that's what I love most. It helps not only the listeners but the creators too. Like it's oh, a yeah. venting mechanism all the way around, and it's amazing. Oh, absolutely! I, I like I tell people all the time, and like, uh, like even like Chris, my bandmate, uh, especially I tell him like the only time I feel calm anymore and feel fully at home is when I'm on stage. It's like part of the reason like we play as much as possible because it's just like, it's the only time when I feel like completely calm and like everything in my life's going right because I don't think about anything except the next chord or the next word for the song and like how I can help portray my message to the people in the crowd and like how they're feeling about it. And like, yeah, when I go up on stage, it's just like it doesn't last long enough, which is fine, you know, but I think even if I played for four hours, it wouldn't be long enough. So, but, you know, and I just like, I love that feeling. It's the only time I ever, I just walk around every day with this big ball of like energy inside me, like ready to explode. And then I just go up there and I just leave it all up there. And then I sleep great that night, you know, and Definitely. yeah, it's very therapeutic, especially to perform. That's how I feel at music festivals. Whenever I'm there, I feel a complete peace and I'm just as happy as I can be. Mm -hmm. It yeah. never lasts long enough. That is something that is so true. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, goodness. I like, know. And it's funny. It's funny because you can be like at home, like eating like good food, some pizza and some chicken and stuff, but like sleeping in your own bed. But when it comes down to it, what would you rather do? Be at like some grimy rock festival eating hot dogs four days in a row, sleeping in a tent? Hell yeah, give it to me. You Definitely. Know? It just it just shows like you know it, it shows what has the best like what what gives the best energy in a way to us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I miss. That's why I miss festivals. I miss the festival life so much. Yeah, me too. Like I'm hoping know, just, this lifts soon. Just oh yeah. Pandemic. Yeah, it will.
I should. Yeah, I got my second shot recently, and I'm just like waiting for the two week period. And I'm like, yay, fully vaxxed. But yeah, it's, I want this fest. I want festivals to become a thing again because I yeah. miss that life. Every can look forward to that was right. Fun. Yeah, you know, being someone like like me too, like I'm an avid music lover. Like I love like you know people start to think sometimes when you're in a band you just want to play now. And that's like not true. Like I still want to go to festivals. I want to get on festival shows just so I can go see the festival for free. You know, like yeah, it's like you don't, you never lose that part of you where you, you know, where you're a, where you were a fan. And I'm still a fan of many, many bands. You know, just some people sometimes like think that like, like oh, you're going to that festival? Are you guys playing? It's like like why would we be playing that festival? That's a huge festival, but like you know, I get where they're coming from, but. I just, you know, that little, that little kid is like always going to be alive in me that was just obsessed with rock music. And, like, yeah. You got to please him too. <laughs> I mean, when Warped Tour comes back, ask Kevin, because you know how open he was about letting new bands play. He was very open with it. Yeah. And I have been saying this and thinking very optimistically, because Kevin is a great guy with start with booking bands that aren't freaking with label money behind him and stuff. And, like, I just, like, I've been telling the guys in the band and stuff, I'm like, Warp Tour is, like, coming back at, like, a good time, like, for us, like, to where we still have a little time to keep building momentum behind things. But, like, before when we started out and we didn't even have an album to show for ourselves, it's like, well, you're not going to get on that tour. But, like, now that it's probably coming back in, like, 2022, it's, like, that's, like, one of my huge goals is just to, like, because, like, like we've been talking a lot about the community and stuff. Warp Tour is one of those communities like where like with the, you know, the foundation I want to start and stuff too. There's a lot of people there who I could learn from. Music Cares is usually there. To Write Love Honor Arms is usually mm -hmm. there. People I can talk to and like learn things from. So like then it like, it's like very full circle. It's not like just the music. It's the whole culture and like, you know, be able to like kind of like learn things from everyone and there's big bands and small bands and everyone travels together for like freaking 60 days it's amazing there's nothing there hasn't been a tour like it uh saying let's not forget the funny moments of fletcher from what Pennywise. let's not oh, forget yeah. the funny moments from fletcher that guy was hilarious mm -hmm. warp tour legend yeah that's for sure oh man but yeah i mean kevin lyman launched careers so it's definitely worth giving it a try Oh, dude, he launched so many bands. There's so many friggin' bands I only know about that, like, because I saw them playing to five kids at Warp Tour, and I was one of those five. And then the next year, they're playing to 20 kids. And then, like, three years later, they're, like, main stage playing to, like, 500 or 1,000 or 10,000. I don't know, however many show up, you know? So it was insane. Yeah. Like, that man launched careers. Like, it mm -hmm. was insane. Hell, even he even launched Eminem and Bloody Katy Perry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I was like, I love how he gives he gives everyone a chance, and I love that. Yeah. Great you know, dude. He he really does, and um, you know, I mean, I know Eminem had the Dre stuff going on, but like you were saying, without doing the Warp tours, it's like, would he be in the same spot? Um, another one's MGK. He basically credits his whole career to getting those Warp tour tours. You know. Mm-hmm. Honestly, Kevin is Kevin is a great dude. I have so much respect for that man. Oh yeah. 
Well, yeah, because he just, like, he just, like, always did it for the bands and stuff, you know? Like. Exactly. It was for the bands and for the people. That's yeah. how he did it. That's how he did it. That's how he did Warp Tour. Yep. He found a he found a great way to make an awesome party and make a living at it, which he did which he did perfectly. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait for it to come back. I hope when it comes back too, they got the skate ramp because like I skateboard too. Dude, so like, I would love to see the skate ramp back. I I've, I've always wanted to see it in person. I never got the chance to. Yeah, yeah, it used to be awesome when they had it. I forget what year they quit having it or whatever, but yeah, it was awesome when they had it. You know, that's great. I, at that time, I was skateboarding so much. I, I usually wasn't one of the kids that brought my skateboard, but I still enjoyed, like, listening to a band play, not even watching them and watching people skateboard and stuff. It was just, you know, one like, one-of-a-kind thing, you know? I can imagine how, like, it's just insane how... I'm trying, I'm trying to put into words here. I'm, I'm going to put it this way. The memories from those must have been amazing. <laughs> yeah, well... What year did you say you got into it? I started in 2016 because my twin mentioned it. I'm like, what's this? I looked it up. I'm like, okay, we'll check it out. My biggest regret was not loading sooner. That will always be my biggest regret. Because yeah. if, if I knew about this back in 2010 or 20, like 14 or 13, I would have been going every year. Yeah, I, I mean, I found out about it. And I, I know I didn't go earlier than 2007 because that's one of the years I still bought the CD. But back in 2004 was my first Warp Tour compilation CD, and I was I was really young in 2004. I was like eight years old, something like nine years old, something like that. And um, I was too young to go, but like my dad took me to a lot of concerts growing up and stuff, which was like really cool. I I saw a lot of uh, great bands. I saw Boston Live, and I saw. Steve Miller, Counting Crows, Kiss, tons of great bands. But yeah, I'd say by like before before we hit like the tens, like by two thousand nine, I was probably going to Warp Tour. So that's great. I was born in ninety seven, so I was like four years old around not four years old. I was like barely even six around that time. Right. Yeah. So you're yeah. So you're two years younger than me because my brother was born in ninety seven too. So uh, yeah, I just turned twenty three in December. So woohoo. December <laughs> right, yeah. so 26th, what a terrible day for a birthday. <laughs> it's like the day yeah. right after everyone's with their families, you got like no one to hang out with. Yeah. That's where these come in. <laughs> I had a friend, his birthday was on New Year's and it sucked for him as a kid because it was always family stuff. But as a teenager, he was always at a party, whether it was his birthday party or not, you know? Because everyone always gets, gets together for New Year's. Oh, that's amazing. This has been a wonderful evening. This has been great. Thank yeah, you again absolutely. for being with us. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. This was this was wonderful. Hey, no problem. No problem. I've thank you really... for having me. I can't express that enough, dude. Dude, it's this has no been an honor. this has been an honor on my end too. Like I have really enjoyed this. Good, cool. Yeah, me too. I, I yeah. cannot wait for that bottle. When that bottle comes in, that poster, I'm gonna have it framed and and just hung up. Awesome. I love to hear that. That's Speaking awesome. Speaking of framed art, there is one piece of art I have up here, which it's, um, you know how people write definitions on boards and they call it art? Mm -hmm. There is one I have, but this one I actually do consider art because it says music, one, vocal, instrumental, or mechanical sounds having rhythm or melody, and number two, a piece of art that goes right to your heart. And that's why I bought that picture right there, just for that second meaning. Yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah, that's I love cool. it. I have it right next to I have it right in my office around with all my other music stuff. Right. That's cool. That's really cool. 
It is honestly, and it's true. Like music can really bring out the best in people. Mm-hmm. If you feel oh, some yeah, it does. stuff. It does, you know, and like you were like the festival thing. Like you get punks together with people who are chiropractors and mm-hmm. dentists and you know, return home from military tours and, you know, spent time in Iraq and everyone gets together and everyone gets along and, you know, you got bikers and you got jocks and you got nerds and it's just awesome because when everyone's there, like, I think you've said this earlier, it's like everyone just feels why they're there and it's just amazing. You it's know? a unity. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, lovely things. I cannot wait for all that to just come flooding back again. Oh, yeah. And when it does, I'm gonna be the first one to run there. Cause like my normal life, those are the only things I only thing I look forward to were conventions and music festivals. Cause right. those are those are the only places I could be myself usually. Or my family. I can't act like myself. I, I can I can never act like myself around my family. It's like I have to keep that shit hidden. But those right. festivals and conventions were the one were the two places I can always do that freely mm-hmm. without having to worry about a thing in the world. Right. That would that was my home. I truly miss it. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too, more than anything. Because there's, there's no such thing as, like, freaks at, like, music festivals, you know? It's exactly, because awesome. everyone there is, like, the same. Yeah. We're all into the same stuff. We're all having a good time. It's a, it's just a complete unity. A complete right. family, and everyone's just having a blast. Yeah, ab- absolutely. There's no absolutely. such thing as the out of one out at a music festival. That does mm-hmm. not exist. Because once you're there and you're into it and you get really into it, you're going to make a ton of friends. Right. That was yeah, exactly. you for years. Oh, is that, there's this um great documentary on Amazon, I think. It's called Long Live Rock, but it's that's what it's about, is it's more about the fans and the bands. They have some bands, like, in it and stuff. But, yeah, it's, like, it's about, like, how people come together. And kind of, like, that's kind of where I just realized I was getting some of my examples from when I was talking about all these different people that get together for the same uh, cause, but it's called Long Live Rock. It, um, you ever hear of Rock on the Range? I, it sounds vaguely familiar. It's called Sonic Temple now. They changed the name because I think they got new owners or something, but it takes place in Ohio. Unfortunately, I've only been to it once, maybe twice. I think just once, though. Actually, just once. Yes, just once. And, um, the documentary takes place there and it's just all about the camping and the camaraderie between people and you know all these like um you know I like to use like the word like cult following whatever like all these like little family like cults that like form of like people that like they only know each other from that festival and only see each other one time a year but that's where it is and then you know you get like these big groups together of some people are married, some people are single, some old, some young, and they all know each other and they all get together for the same same purpose, you know, and it's take care wonderful. of each other all weekend. It's so wonderful how that all happens. It's like that's what Mule conventions. When I do cosplay, I, I I know a few people who I always see there, and I'm like, hey, and they, we like we we rec- we recognize each other immediately. We hang out for the entire time we're there. And no matter what right. outfit we're wearing, we know what's us, and we're like, hey, you need help with this? You need help with that? Like we're always taking care of each other. Right. Ab- absolutely. Yeah. Like twice a year. I mean, I've never been to any conventions like that. I find them very cool. Honestly, I don't know why I haven't because like I was brought up with comic books and with like graphic novels and stuff. It would make yeah. sense for me to go. I just, I haven't yet, but like I, I see things online about them. I hear from other people about them, 
So when those come back, I'm probably going to have to start doing some of that too. Because Same. I have to, I have to go back too because I miss those. I have a bunch of props I haven't even been able to use because of the pandemic. Right. Uh, right so annoying. Yeah. Cause like I also felt free doing that. I I could just be myself and unwind and not have to worry about, not have to worry about a thing in the world. And it's, right. those places give people like us so much to look forward to with life. Because with the, what, oh, go ahead, the way the world's going with politics and everything else, there's not really much to look forward to, except yeah. for the oh, small yeah. things like that. Right. Right. Yeah, that's where you get to get your performer side of things out too. You know, dress like your favorite character and stuff like. Exactly. It's cool. Yeah. Oh, that's a blast. I miss doing that stuff so much. Sadly, my rosters changed because a lot of the friends I lost during the depression were those who I went with. But I already got a new group set up for that, and we're super excited to get started. Yeah, it's cool, and like you know, <laughs> like you know, you'll always meet new friends through that. So. Exactly. Just roll, just roll with the changes. Yeah, just go with the flow. Yeah. And always get back up no matter how hard things get. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> this has been nice. <laughs> I think yeah, we should start cool, wrapping. We got to start wrapping things up, though, I think. Oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's getting, like, hella late. It's almost, like, 10 o'clock on my end. Is it? Damn. Okay. Yeah, it's, yeah, like... You're, you're EST, right? Yep, EST. Okay, yeah, same. So it's almost 10 here, too, yeah. so, yeah. All right, everyone, this has been another Nerds Order Music interview. Today, our guest was Jake from Red Brick Road. I hope you have an awesome night, man, and thank you so much for joining us this evening. Yep, thank you, too. And uh, www.redbrickroadrocks.com to find out anything more. And one more special thanks to Nerds Order Music host, Zach, for having me. I'd like to say that one more time. Thank and you very much. Also, check fun. out their vinyl. It is amazing. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love the artwork for that, too, man. Work of heart. Great name. Great album. You guys got to check it out. Link will be in the description to their merch site. All of you guys have an awesome evening. Take care.